And the question for today that I want to ask is, what should I be praying as a single? Do we keep going? Do we hit the pause button? Do we break up? I love that season of life. JP called me JJ Warman accidentally the other day, which is oh, my wife's gosh, name. Oh, gosh, yes. Because I married yep. into, you know, someone who was already doing something amazing and awesome yep. with their life, and I just jumped on the coattails, you know? Yeah. So, yep. Kate kind of paved the way. <laughs> you want to let me know when we're recording, or? Okay. All right. Well, that was a good intro. All right. <laughs> Let's use that, okay? Um, well, we didn't know we were doing an intro right there, but it was nice and natural. I'm JJ Warman. This is a Friday mini mansode, and I got Scott Kadersha. You got it right. Way to go. Yeah, no. That, that's hard. Monica was coaching me up at the house. She did, yeah. Scott Kadersha. Yes. What now, Pekluda, is that? Pekluda is not much easier. Yeah, that right? one's not too hard. But what is your last name? So it's uh, it's Turkish somehow oh, a couple generations back. Yes. Okay. I'm pretty sure we're the only, there's so there's my wife and then four boys, so they're Six Kadershas in Texas. I think we're the only Texas Kadershas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I come from four boys and a girl. You do? Come yeah, on. Yeah, so I know blessings to you. Lots of grace over your household. Lots of broken bones. We had, <laughs> yeah, one. We had one a couple days ago with a youth yeah. activity. Yep, Is it sure. just control chaos? Now they're older now, so they're like 19, 19, 17, uh, 15. Okay. So it's, it's, uh, it's actually much more peaceful and okay. fun. Yeah. But it was nuts. It's not WWE SmackDown every not anymore. anymore. Not anymore. No. Okay, that's so funny. Yeah, we got through that stage and made my poor wife cringe all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, is there any good kebab in Waco? Are you a kebab guy? No. Okay. Oh, like uh, like Turkish kebab. I'm so not. I'm so like American food generic eating hamburger pizza. Oh, you've been converted. Barbecue. I've been converted. You're not honoring your roots. No, my mom. So if I go back and visit my mom, she'll cook some of that stuff for sure. Well, I mean, fun fact. So I, I played football over in Switzerland. Yeah. And it was so expensive. The only thing I could afford was kebab. Uh, it was like 10 bucks. Yeah. Uh, and She's I kebabs like night. that. Yeah. Can, yeah. Like little kebab stands. Yeah. And so I have like a big affinity for them. Man. Yeah. Yeah. My mom actually was making them a couple of days ago. Was she really? Yes. She inv- she lives in New-, New Jersey. She's like, come on over for dinner. I'm like, mom, that does takes she have, a full day to get there. Does she have like the machine that like, kebabs it and spins and rotates the meat no, no. but that looks look amazing yeah, yeah. it's no, so good she just makes them all they're good um, all right yeah. well let's go man well we're so excited last week talked we talked about why which i was honored man you listened in i did and uh it was a little bit of a catchy title i'll admit you know yeah what was it? you said here's why i don't pray i don't pray for a future spouse right or, or and here's why you should not pray for your future spouse which, you know, I was really convicted of that, like, in my prayer life, if I'm only praying for stuff that I want God to give right. to me, then God's not my God, yeah. like I am. And yeah. he's just like, my Amazon Prime delivery man, you know, yes. who I'm just asking for. Yeah. Um, and so just really that heart posture of, you know, praying from this heart really matters, not so much about what you're praying for. So, but now we have the master himself. <laughs> To tell us what you should pray specifically. Well, so. I mean, so much of what you said, I, I, I mean, I really everything I agreed with, and and uh, because there's such, I, I've seen it, you've seen it, you've worked with singles, I've worked with singles, we were single, 
Right. And so come in with a long list of here are the things I want to look for, here are the specifics, totally. here's what I want. And it's like, do I really trust God to give me not what I want, but what's best for me? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I so I'm in the same way. Like, what does it look like to truly trust God that He knows exactly what we need, who we need, if even if we need someone. Right. Right. Is it better to remain single, better to remain married? I just trust, I want to trust God fully. Yeah. Instead of coming to him with my agenda, my menu, here's what I'm looking for. I mean, here's what you need to bring me. Absolutely. I, I always would just ask myself, like, do you think you know what's best for you? Or do you think that God knows what's best yeah. for you? Yeah. And which one do you trust more? It's hard to, right? Right. It's really hard to, and I, I, I had the same thing even now as married 22 years, four kids, been in ministry for a long time. Even this morning, we're in our family team meeting, and I look around our team, and and we just had such a good, honest conversation with, like, do we trust? Why is this married woman mm -hmm. not able to get pregnant? Do we trust God in the midst of that? Yeah. This woman who's amazing, this guy who's amazing, who's single, why are they still single? Do we really trust God? God won't answer our prayers for our kids. Do we really trust God? Yes. And so it's with every part of life. Like, am I going to come with what I want and what I think I need, or do I really trust God who loves me and loves us so much? So it's a, it's. I wish I could say, you know, after walking with Jesus for twenty five years and being married for twenty two years and being in ministry for, you know, eighteen years, I wait or more than that, twenty years. I wish I could say that I, I always easily trusted God, but it's a continual challenge. Totally. It's like, you know, it's just like layer by layer. It's like, oh, I didn't really at this layer trust him. Yes. Like, let me peel it back. Yes. Let me peel it back. Well, yeah, and that comes out. I'd say now it's not just in, do I trust God, you know, with answering the prayers in the way that I want? I'd say it's more like, do I trust what his word says? Right. And what's good for me? What's right for me? I struggle. My, we were just talking about desserts right before we hit, yeah. hit go, you know, and you asked me if I like desserts. I'm like, Yes, I love. I don't like desserts. I love desserts, Same. and I want to eat them all day, every day, and I want all of them. And uh, and do I trust God when He says, you know, to honor me with your body? Do I trust God when He says, don't be a glutton? Do I trust God when He says, you know, to to flee from sexual immorality? Right, that there shouldn't be a hint of sexual immorality among me. That it's His will that I would be sanctified sexually. Do I trust Him or do I trust what my desires are and what I want? Right. Right, it's that like feeling because it feels good. Yeah, feels amazing yes. to have that banana pudding. What's your <laughs> dessert of choice? Key lime pie. Key lime. Oh, yeah. do you like a like nice and tart? Yeah, with that good like uh, crust in there yeah. on the body of that graham cracker. The crust. crust like makes or breaks. Yeah, and the little like the whatever the whipped cream stuff yeah. they put on there. I'm not picky though. I'll have you know Same. ice cream. We talked about banana pudding, banana bread, all of the above. But you're, I mean. It, you're basically Superman, and you're saying Keelan Pie is your kryptonite. <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. But no, I I love it, and it's that commitment ahead of time. You know, it's the James one like, the trials expose the faith mm. and the commitment that you already have. Yeah. Right. It's not like you decide in that moment necessarily. It's it's just a revelation of the faith that you've been building prior to that point. Yeah, and on on the food thing, I mean, I, here's what. Like, I think you can eat key lime pie and banana pudding to the glory of God, Yeah, you know, and, and enjoy the thing that he has given us, like this really, this ability to taste and to eat and enjoy with friends. But so often where I miss what God is, is like, I think that in times that's going to be better than God. Yeah. 
right? That that key lime pie is really going to make like me the happy. experience. Yeah, I'm focusing on the experience of yes. that. Yes. No, I totally agree. Well, you at this point, how many married couples would you say that you've probably worked with? If you had to guess, man, such a good question. Uh, so for a long time, I worked in Dallas at Watermark Community Church and worked with. I used to have the number; it was over five thousand couples before they got married. Yeah. And I've lost count. That was the last time I started, you know, counting was uh, was probably seven or eight years ago. Oh, okay. And so that wasn't direct. Like I'm not meeting with five thousand right. couples, but it's over a class that that yeah. led those couples, helped them make the decision about whether totally. or not to get married, whether or not to get engaged. Um, so thousands of couples on the pre-married side, and then you know, and so many on the married side of just either counseling, encouraging, helping them start their marriage right. It's, you know, all the way from dating through, you know, married 75, 80 years. I've seen everything in between, and it's I, I love what I get to do. Okay. Yeah. I mean, amazing. And because one thing that happens is, and I, I love the singles and the people who are dating that listen to, to Heart of Dating, like their desire to learn and grow is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like they have way more desire to grow than I did sometimes as a single. I was just focused on having fun. Right. You know? But I think one thing that does happen is we we, we want to be validated and seen, and there is a great place for that. Like, I think hearing from a pastor who is 40 and single and having a hard time is great. Yeah. But having the person who's worked with thousands and thousands of married couples and has seen the other side, you have such insight and knowledge and wisdom that as singles, like, we should be dying to hear. Wow, that's kind. Yeah. Right. And so I, I always find it super special to, to, as a single, talk to the guy who's worked with 10,000 marrieds yeah. because they're going to have the best advice and wisdom than someone who's still in singleness, right? Yeah. So I've learned a lot from, you know, what couples have done well, couples who have made dumb decisions candidly. I've learned from my own dumb decisions that I've made and right. 22 plus years of marriage to Kristen. So I've, you know, I've learned a lot from others and then just have learned a lot totally. the hard way in our own marriage. And I, and thankfully just have a really amazing wife. And we work really, really, really hard on our marriage. Like not because things are difficult, but because I, I want to have, I've said this recently, like I, if I'm going to lead a marriage ministry, if I'm going to write books about marriage, I want to live with integrity. I want to have the best marriage I know. Yes. And I'm competitive. I'm like an Enneagram three. So yes. that comes out of me. So of like, Kate. She's a three as well. Yeah, yeah. Like I want to achieve and be the best. Yeah. And sometimes that's, there's a wrong motivation there. But a lot of times I really believe it's because I want to lead with integrity. I want to say, you know, if I'm going to counsel a couple, I want to say, follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah. If I'm going to lead singles, I'm going to say, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. I don't want to be a hypocrite. And, and we know there's too many hypocrites in, a, in our in the ministry space. Yes. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm tired of that. And, and sure that I have moments that I can be hypocritical, but I want to have a strong marriage so I can say with integrity that people can not learn from me, but really learn what I've learned from God as I follow yeah. him. Amen. Well, I mean, speaking of hypocrisy, you outed yourself on <laughs> <laughs> be so yeah. like, so first of all, you had an amazing clip that I think went viral. At this point, is it? I think it's the number one most viewed. I, yeah, not but because I'm so competitive, I do. Yeah, I think it's either number one or two most uh, most viewed clip on on Bisa, which is crazy. I mean, it's almost like you should be on there leading it instead of JP. <laughs> no, not a chance. <laughs> He's the best. He's been uh, 
such an encouragement and help to me, and I'm so thankful for that podcast. <laughs> me too. I, I listen to it too. It's so it's good. It's amazing. So good. And like we basically supplement all of our episodes with BSO. <laughs> I don't blame uh, you. And if you're not listening to BSO, like don't listen to Scott and I here. Like we are not as smart or funny as the the people on BSO. Yeah, um, it is a great squad. So, yeah. but would you go ahead and share that statistic? Um, I'm not trying to get a clip of you from my podcast <laughs> to go viral, to, go viral to clarify, well. yeah. but. If they haven't heard it, what's the clip? And then what was the confession that you made right after that? Yeah, this is so good. So uh, so I read this statistic recently, like a couple of years ago probably, that said that it's from a Gallup study from 1997 that's been quoted in many other studies since, that the, the divorce rate for couples who pray consistently was less than 1%. And not just like less than 1%, but significantly less. And so the statistic they gave was, one out of 1,152 couples who pray together uh, get divorced. And so that means 1,151 are still married. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm like, it's really hard for me to believe. I mean, that's really point, hard. That's 0.001%. It's so small, right? And we, I don't know what the divorce rate is. Well, you hear all kinds yeah. of, you know, 40%, 30%, 50%, somewhere yeah. between 30 and 50 yeah. inside the church, outside the church. Right. And there's all kinds of, I can give lots of thoughts on that, but. Whatever it is, it's it's too high in the church. Totally. Right? So if there's something that my wife and I can do, even if it's not going to be one out of 1,152, even if it's 1%, even if it's 10%. And the reality is, I don't care what the divorce rate is, if God says the importance of prayer in our lives and therefore the importance of it in marriage, then I want to make sure that I'm doing that thing, regardless of what the statistics say. Amen. But there's something I don't I don't know what God does. I don't know how he does his thing. Right. But if a couple prays together, somehow God puts some kind of protection around them. It's also the type of person who's going to pray yeah. is less likely to get divorced. But it's not just divorce rate, it's also greater satisfaction right. in couples who pray together. Right. So I mean, I was gonna ask, like, it's not well, and here's your opinion. It's not so much that like praying together is magical in the sense of like you know, it's an anti-divorce pill right. and practice right. like, Hey, we're going to practice this. So, but it's two people who love Jesus so much and have such a devout prayer life and everything they do prioritizing it together. That's right. And it's more about the individuals who have a prioritization of prayer Yes. than it is about like the actual practice. Yeah. It's not a magic pill. We don't do it so that God blesses our marriage. Right. We do it because we love the Lord and I, we love each other. Yeah. We want to pursue Jesus together. Right. So it's that heart posture. So yeah. now my, like, so this is perfect because you have all singles listening now. Yes. And they're like, they just spent how long? 15 minutes talking about marriage. I don't like these guys. Yeah. I want to have teaching apply to me in singleness. Um, so for them, the theory and the hypothesis or what you've seen in working with these couples and the ones who you know are praying together, did they have a devout prayer life just in singleness that carried over? Yeah, was this something good. that they've had to like prioritize as they've gotten married? Cause it is kind of awkward or, yeah. you know, a different thing. Yeah. Let me give you my confession first that, and then I'll, oh, this I'll is that okay. Yeah. I, I was curious yes. if you're going to bring it back up. Yeah, so uh, so I've been I've been a marriage pastor now for over seventeen years, and I've worked with couples in every season of life for that whole that whole time. Mostly pre-married, newly married, uh, young marrieds for the first season of ministry, and now couples all over the spectrum. And you know, and I'm as a marriage pastor, I get asked all the time, "What are 
healthy habits for couples? What are ways that we can strengthen our relationship? What have you seen in couples who have the best marriages? And I really believe this, and I've seen it as couples who do pray together. Mm. And so they have a habit, you know, and used to think it had to be, you know, right before you go to bed, you got to pray this like long time together. (laughs) And for some couples, that's great. Some couples, it's first thing in the morning, but a consistent was that healthy marriages are marked by prayer individually and as a couple. And I would tell everyone that, you know, what are the things that you wish you would, you'd done from the beginning? What do we do from the beginning of our marriage? How can we have a strong marriage? And that, you know, one of the things I would always say is you got to pray together. Right. And I was just being hypocritical because I'm telling people that and I'm not fully living it out. Right. So I'm not at home. We're not like <laughs> anti-prayer. We're not going to pray. But it just was never part of our rhythm as a couple. Right. It was I, never prioritized. It was never pro- That's exactly right. So we would, of course, pray at meals. We'd pray with, with and for our kids. Yeah. But, you know, but it was like three, two, two, three times a week, maybe. And then... I'd get home and say, Kristen, we got to take this on. We're going to pray together all the time. We'd go strong and consistent for a week, and then we'd fall back in old patterns. And I always said, I wish it was something that we had started from the beginning of our relationship. Wow. Because I think it's something that we would have, you know, we would have been able to do much more consistently if we started that way. Instead of trying to add it in to the mix way down the road, we, we got a bunch of kids and busy jobs and life is full. And so I wish we had started this from the beginning. And so there was a, a hypocritical side of me that encouraged others to do it. And I don't regret telling them. Yeah. But I wish we were more consistent from the beginning in our own marriage. Well, I mean, first of all, like, thank you for admitting that. Yeah. Like, so having a leader who's just even willing to just out themselves is, is the best thing we could ever ask for as a church because that's relatable. Yeah. You know, you being perfect. Thank you. Yeah. I can't relate. I'm like, that sounds great, but like, <laughs> you know, do you accidentally cuss? You know, like, do you speed? You know, do yes, you JP like that? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yes, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, but no, I, I really appreciate that. Now, would you say as a single, you prayed for your spouse? Like, was that a rhythm and a habit that kind of dropped off once you got married? Or like, what was the deal there? Yeah. So, for most of my life, I was an absolute, um, you know, non-religious, uh, non, I was definitely not a Christian. Okay. I was an absolute pagan for most of my life. And so did not grow up in the church. And I wouldn't say for most of my life, for most of my single life, uh-huh. didn't grow, really grow up in a church. Uh, when I was in college, you know, I did everything a non-Christian college student does. I mean, you were a demon. Deacon. I was, I was a demon. I was much more of a demon than a deacon. That's <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So getting high, getting drunk and I wasn't, you know, ridiculous, but I would smoke, I would drink, porn, sex, all the above, and uh, and thought I was a Christian before going to college because I was not Buddhist, Muslim, Jewish. I right. assumed I was a Christian. Yeah. Got to college, learned what a Christian was, and said, well, I'm definitely not one of those. Yeah. And then um, and then hit rock bottom in college, was very successful in all the worldly ways, but, but hated myself, had no deep community, hit rock bottom of suicidal, wanting my life to end no purpose to any of this. And a friend named Will shared the gospel with me. And, uh, and I was not interested. I kind of pushed him away. He told me about Jesus, told me there was nothing he knew. I was like, man, let me tell you some of the things I've done and started telling him. And he's, and you know, I'm convinced there's no way that God could love me, accept me. And he shared the truth with me that Jesus died for all of that. And I was, I just couldn't believe it. So for a few years, 
suppressed it. Finally, at the age of 24, I mean, I know the exact date. It was February 13th, 1998 is when I placed my faith and trust in Jesus. Scales fell off my eyes, Amazing. saw the palm moment. And uh, and so, I, you know, I was lived 24 years without Jesus. Okay. And then got married, I think I was 28. So Four I didn't years. really start praying. Probably, you know, started to pray some when I was a new believer. But I would say my life was never, even, you know, as a single, was not... Like I like I hear about people who have this deep prayer life who pray for everything and anything and really trust the Lord with their prayer requests. Yeah, I don't think I saw a really beautiful picture of prayer until I was um, in my late twenties. We moved from Atlanta to Dallas. I met a guy named Jim Wimberly. Okay, and I actually dedicated my new book to Jim and his wife Judy. And I heard Jim talk about what their prayer life looked like. And Jim was a kind of guy, like, you would share something with Jim, and Jim would say, uh, instead of saying, I'll pray for you, or I'll write that down, I'll pray for you later, he'd say, let's pray for it right now. Okay. And so we would pray on the spot for whatever it was. Amen. And then the other thing that was amazing is that he'd come back a week later, a month later, a year later, and say, hey, how are you doing with that thing? Like, he would pray in the spur of the moment, he wrote it down, and then he would actually pray for you. And even though I wasn't being really prayerful in my own life and our own marriage, I was blown away by Jim and Judy. Yeah. And then never like that picture never went away. And I'd say finally, you know, it was really the combination of reading that study with the low divorce rates and then always seeing this picture of Jim and Judy that finally got us and got me yeah. to the point where where I'm fully convinced of this thing. Yeah. You know, and it's not a thing. It's not a trick, but I am fully convinced of the importance of prayer in marriage, in my own life, in singleness. And, you know, I think about, I think it's Matthew 7, where 7 through 11, where, you know, I'm just believing that that we have a good God who, even though he might not give us what we want, he's yeah. going to give us what we need, and we can trust him with what we pray, that he's not going to give bad gifts. He's a good God totally. who gives great gifts in his perfect timing. Totally. I mean, like, if you're who are evil, know how to give good gifts, how much more? Then you're heavenly. Exactly. But it's funny though, the gift 99% of the time does not look like the one that you pray That's for. That's right. Isn't yes. it funny? Yes. And we're all, we're usually the one, right, who goes and petition or intercession and we walk away as the ones who are changed, yeah. not the situation. Yes. I think, you know, I think about my sweet wife. So she's beautiful. She's 53. Now I'm 50. Uh, so she's three years older. I made less money. I'm shorter. Uh, I'm bald, overweight, hair in all the wrong places. No, not I, you know all those take things. It easy, all right. uh, yes, yeah. Not, um, uh, you were handsome. Thank you. Thank you. You got that silver fox. <laughs> I do have the and that great laugh. Off. Thank you. Uh, but you're kind. Um, but Kristen did not like. I was not what she prayed for physically, and I'm so glad. And she would say it if she was here. If she was on the mic, she'd say she's so glad that God didn't give her the guy that she prayed for who was tall and wealthy and had a great head of hair six and, pack yes yeah, he did literally you know all those things ran an orphanage on his free time <laughs> he did i don't know if he did that one but everything else and uh and she would say how glad she is that god didn't answer the prayers in the way that she wanted and then she shifted her prayers and started praying you know god give me a man who loves you who's fully devoted loves mm -hmm. you with all of his heart soul mind and strength and not perfect in any way that you know, I'm not, I would never claim that, but I'm so glad that God answered that prayer instead of the first prayers that she was praying. Amen. Well, 
we made it this far without even talking about if I was a single and the question for today that I want to ask is what should I be praying as a single? Like we've just kind of gotten schooled on the heart posture and what I'm exactly I'm praying for. But like, what would that look like as far as like a practical practice of prayer? Like what specifically should I be praying for when it comes to the future spouse? And would there be any resource or thing that I could buy that could help me? <laughs> well, I could think of a resource, but I, you know, the, uh, before I to share that, I think like praying that, that God would help me to become all he wants me to be. I know Kate prays that, you know, that what, what's her phrase about help me to become the person, um, uh, become the person that the person you were looking for is looking for. Yes. Yes. Is that, yes. it's kind of, it's a longer one. Yeah. yeah. I've heard Andy Stanley says that Kate says that you have this idea of like, I want to become this person who is, like help me to be all you want me to be, God. Yeah. And so praying that, and then second, I'd say praying that like I would trust you, God, if I'm single the rest of my life, if I'm married the rest of my life, that I would trust you in that. Uh, so I'd be pray that I'd be fully devoted to you. Mm. Pray that I would be content wherever I am, and not really believe. Like I absolutely believe First Corinthians seven that singleness is a gift. And I know, again, that's easy to say somebody who's married, right? but but marriage is not greater than singleness. And so God, would you help me to be content where I am? Totally. Single or married. They're both gifts. Yes. But more, more importantly, they're both undeserved gifts. Oh, no, it's so good. Right. Like yeah. you've done nothing to deserve marriage and your friends who are married, they chose that marriage in a lot of ways. And yeah. I think what I run into is singles don't understand or give themselves credit like you've actually chosen singleness way more than you've chosen not to marry yeah right like if you wanted you could actually go out and get married tomorrow right like there's a prince in nigeria you know on my facebook you know or kate's <laughs> facebook who'd be happy to marry you yeah better on kate's than yours, tomorrow right? yeah yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like i think singles are actually extremely picky and you could actually be married tomorrow if That's you right. want right yeah. but uh, you don't work and prepare and labor away for marriage. And then when God says you're finally ready and you've deserved and earned this good gift, I've got the one I've been withholding. Yeah. You know, I actually don't like that picture of the, yeah. I call it like the teddy bear Instagram theology, where it's like you have the little teddy bear and then Jesus has the bigger one. Right. And he's like leaning in. He's like, if you give me your little one, yes. I'll give you my big one. Like yeah. you you can earn that spouse or good marriage. No, that's really well said. Right? Yes. So. Yeah. So I would, you know, would I see either season of life as a gift and then praying, you know, uh, God, I I do trust if I do get married that you're going to give me the spouse that I need. And, and really, you know, we, we just talked about this a couple days ago here at Harris Creek of, you know, what we're really looking for in a spouse is somebody who's going to help us to bring him glory for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Right. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Mm. And so whatever they look like, what they do, uh, you know, family background, all those things are important. Attraction is important. You know, what they, you know, what they do for a job is important. Their friends are important, all of that. But ultimately is it somebody who we're going to be able to bring glory to God together. Right. And so God, would you help me to see that person and bring that person to my life? It's absolutely okay to ask for those things. Totally. And then just to say, I'm going to trust you no matter what happens. Well, just like if you took that seriously though, and you really think about it and you say, God, I'm not looking for someone 
who I'm told like a million percent attracted to. I'm not looking for someone who's going to make me happy. I'm actually looking for the person that day to day for the rest of my life is going to be the best partner to glorify you yeah, and right. make me more holy in my pursuit of you. So good. It would it would change the person you are looking for. Yeah. Like the qualities, the characteristics, the heart, the spiritual maturity. Yes. Like it is going to be impacted yeah, from that good. statement. So good. So, but like specifically that prayer then, if I'm single, like I know I'm just going to out it. Like you have an amazing book and I want to know why as a single, like I'm not good at praying for my spouse. Yeah. I've never really thought about it. Or maybe it's just been totally distorted and I've been praying for like God to give me exactly what I want. Please tell me about the book you've yeah, written. Yeah, it's good. So, you know, I wrote, the first book I wrote was 2019. It's called Ready or Not, 12 Conversations for Couples to Have Before They Get Married. And just thinking through, this for couples who are seriously dating and engaged, you know, um, how do we view marriage and money and sex and mm. family and future family, uh, in-laws, all the big topics, communication conflict. How do we view those things and just making sure couples have good conversations about it. And then just came out with, it's called the Ready or Not Prayer Guide, and it's 100 prayers for seriously dating and engaged couples. And key keynote, it's K-N-O-T. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it's such a good, <laughs> my friend Sarah came up with the title, and I love the title. Okay, so shout yeah. out Sarah. That yeah, was nice of you to, to not take the credit. I can't. Yeah, I, yeah. Most, most good things in my life I can't take credit for, but uh, Ready or Not Prayer Guide, okay. K-N-O-T. So 100 prayers. 100 prayers. I actually, I don't have it. And I didn't read it, but if you walk me through like the hundred prayers, are they like sectioned out? Like what kind of prayers do you kind of graduate to? Yeah, great question. So I'm going to give you one. So you will have one in a few Thank moments. Thank you so yes. much for my uh, future marriage. You know, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's a look, like it's written for couples who are dating and engaged, but it's also a guide to help couples know what to pray for. So the, here's a, like the Bible doesn't tell us a lot about marriage mm -hmm. cover to cover. You've got Genesis 3, you've got 1 Peter 3, you've got Ephesians 5, you got a bunch of random scattered Proverbs about yeah. living in a corner of an attic instead of a cantankerous woman. Yeah. And he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. You've got the Song of Solomon, you've got Hosea. Uh, there, there are others. You've got Matthew 19. Yeah. I mean, there, there are definitely passages about, about marriage in the Bible. But there aren't that many. No, there's really not. There's, which is shocking to people. Right. Right, because marriage is such a such a big deal. It's a big it's not again, it's not ultimate. Yeah. But it's a big deal to God. It's a big deal to society. And so yeah. if you're studying your Bible to know how to have a great marriage and you're looking just at marriage passages, you're not gonna find much. Which is amazing because pause, like think about the amount of content and curriculum we actually have as churches yes. that focus on what? Yeah, yes. I, I don't know. Like people write full 300 page books on one verse on, you know, Ephesians 5:33. Yes. And so I, I don't know how people, do, there's just not a ton, but there is, we do know the Bible is filled cover to cover with what it looks like to be in relationship with others. Mm. What is it like for God to relate to us, for us to relate to God, for us to relate to each other as friends? What's it like for us to relate to a, to a spouse, to a child, to a coworker? And we can learn from every one of these principles. And so this book is is essentially a hundred prayers on how to become more like Jesus. 
And so we know we know Jesus was a truth teller. We know Jesus was a listener. Mm-hmm. We know he was fun. He was steadfast. He was committed. We know he was humble. We know he was holy. He was honest. I mean, all of these characteristics. And so what this book does is it just encourages people and shows them how to pray these Christ-like attributes into their life. Mm. That I would be somebody who is humble. Know that we know first first uh, Peter five five we know James four six God opposes the proud but shows grace or gives favor to the humble mm. and so God would you help make me humble yeah you know as a as a husband as an engaged man as a dating man would you make me humble and God would you help my significant other to be humble and then if we get married would you mark our marriage with humility that would yeah. we would be a humble couple and so it's divided up you know into the Ready or not, the 12 conversations every couple needs to have, they're broken Mm. up into 12 general areas, but they're really just a bunch of prayers to become more like Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that word humble, humility, I'd say other than like grace, I I could not think of a better single word to build a foundation of your own life with and your relationship with. Yes. Because yes. the humility comes with just the wealth of wisdom of, I can't do this alone. That's, That's right. humility. I need help. That's humility. Yeah. I need to find people who are more mature, wiser than me to help me. That's humility. Yeah. I need Jesus. Like, I need him in my actual real life. Yeah. Like, after my devi- like devotion and quiet time. I That's humility. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, my friend Ron Deal says, you know, God opposes the proud, and so do spouses. Mm. And so I just don't want God working against me. I don't want my spouse working against me. And I love what you said. Like every one of those situations you gave requires a humility. And even our faith in Christ is based on it. We have to come to a humble place where we acknowledge our need for a Savior. Absolutely. And then we follow the one who is the most humble. You know, Philippians 2 uh, you know, one through eleven of of uh, that he did not count equality with God as something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, mm. taking the form of a servant. Yes, and so we follow him, and and that's that's just you know that's one example in this book that if we would pray those things to become more like Christ, that that's how we have the marriage that we want that honors God. You know, and again, so whether you, you're single for the rest of your life, you're dating, you're engaged, you're married, we're in a relationship, whatever, whatever it is, mm. that our lives would be marked by these things. It's it's really where life is found, not in our own thoughts, our own ideas, but what does it look to become more and more and more like Jesus? Yeah. Now, would you say like you enjoy working with like single singles? Like I'm singles of Pringle dating Jesus and <laughs> close singleness. Uh I'm single and dating. I'm We've been dating through two months, you know, eight weeks. Like we're kind of getting to relationship or like, hey, we're in relationship. We've been in an exclusive relationship for three, four, five, six months. Like we're kind of having this marriage conversation. Yeah. Which of those groups do you enjoy That's working a good with question. the most? And uh, what would you end on like saying, hey, if I had a room full of you guys, yeah, this is my heart and my, my best piece of advice. I mean, all of them, but I think probably the ones who are like in that seriously dating relationship category, trying to figure out, do we move forward towards engagement and marriage? Okay. Do we... So like three to six, nine months, you know? Yeah, yeah. if you're like thinking of putting a ring on it. Yeah. And that's simply because I have so much experience in that category, those yeah. couples. Yeah. 
And so, you know, do we keep going? Do we hit the pause button? Do we break up? Right. I love that season of life because it's it it does put us in a position of being humble. Yeah. Of saying, I need all the help I can get right now. And so helping them evaluate what is the best next step in our relationship. And so I think if, you know, if I've got one piece of advice for them, what I have often seen is, you know, a man is very active in the church and in community and the woman is very active in the church and the community. And then they meet each other and all of a sudden they're gone. They're submarine. Submarine. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. They go under the surface. We don't see them. And and nobody knows where they are or what they're doing. Mm. And then they pop back up and they're like, hey, we're about to get engaged or we're, we were in a really serious relationship. What do you think? And I'm like, I have no idea. I haven't seen you in six months. Yeah. And so I would tell those couples... You know, you don't have to always go on group dates with one another, Mm. but you've got to make sure you've got good community around you. How does she relate to you? How does she treat you? How does he treat her? Right. Is he a gentleman to her? Does she respect him? Does he honor her? Do they honor each other? Yes. Are they pursuing each other with purity? Yes. And so like getting community around you who is going to help you evaluate your relationship. They can't make the decision for you, but you just don't want to make this decision about marriage in isolation. (sighs) I mean, man, uh, my heart breaks for the couples who isolate, yeah. who are so ashamed of the fight that they just had, the boundaries that they just crossed, the failure of their relationship that they feel yeah. like they have to hide. Yeah. And when you say community, you, do you mean like community or do you mean counsel? And what would be the yeah, difference in good. that situation? And I'm so glad you clarified, but... We'll often throw around words that we think everyone understands what they totally. mean. And so when I say community, you know, and it could be a counselor, it could be a mentor, it could be a pastor, it could be single guys, it could be married guys, yeah. married gals, single gals. It's anyone who is willing to, you know, say a couple things. So a friend who's not afraid to wound us, to sharpen us. I think about Proverbs 27, 6. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. And I love that verse because it's like an enemy is just going to tell you how awesome you are. Yeah. And a friend is not afraid to wound you. I mean, I'm I'm convicted of that as a friend who wants to be kind and loving. Yes. I'll withhold truth or feedback. You know, we say real friendship. You're not just honest with each other. Like, you'll never believe what they said to me. You'll never believe how my boss treated me. Mm-hmm. They're honest about each other. That's so good. Hey, bro, yeah. you've been dropping the F-bomb. Yep. A lot lately, and I love you, but I just I think as Christians, our speech has to reflect and glorify God. Yeah, and that's not kosher. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I think about our. So when Chris and I dated the first time, unhealthy relationship crossed physical boundaries, emotional boundaries, and we both had friends who came around us who who did that very thing, mm. who just said, "Hey, you're not in a good spot in your relationship. We think you should break up. You need to get more mature in your faith, more serious about Jesus." And, and you're not good for each other. And so we listened to their advice. We Dang. listened to their counsel and we broke up. What? That is a bomb. It was so good. And, you know, we broke up. And like I always say, we're, we were like T-Swift before she even wrote the song. I'm like, we are never, ever, 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 like never, ever getting back together. Uh huh. And we both got really serious about Jesus. And uh, what's cool in our story is that same community who told us to break or encouraged us to break up was the same community who said, hey, maybe you should think about getting back together. Mm. And so we were in a really different place after we broke up, got serious about Jesus. And so again, the role of community, 
They were not afraid to sharpen us, to challenge us, to wound us. And then that same community, I think about Hebrews 3.13, but encourage each other day by day as long as it is called today so that none of us are hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Mm. And when we needed encouragement Mm -hmm. to move in a different direction, that same community encouraged us even to get back together. And so she actually so awesome. asked me out on a date the second time. She dropped the hanky. That's what we she said. Did, yeah, she did drop the hanky. Let's and she, go. Under, under the banner of, I have a gift card for this nice restaurant. Wow. And, uh, you know, I wanted, I wanted to bring somebody. And so that so, was and her And you excuse. said, wow, she's frugal and beautiful. <laughs> Let's go. Yes, she is. <laughs> she's, she's wise uh, yeah. with her money. And uh, she's a good steward. That's great. And so, you know, just that community who's not afraid to wound you, challenge you, encourage you, affirm you, tell you they love you, be there for you. And so, again, that could take the form of friends, pastor, counselor. It could, it could be many Amen. different things. But somebody who's with you and for you in your relationship. That's so good. Yeah. All right, man. Well, this was an honor. It was so much fun. Ready or not, the Predator Guide. That's right. Is Amazon the best place? Sure. You prefer yeah. that? Yeah, that's Buy great. it. Let it sit on the bookshelf for six months. Finally pick it up. And then leave the five-star review. Yes. Yeah. And it's a great gift to give if you've got friends who are seriously dating and engaged. That is, that is and true. And it's really nice looking, too. They did such a good job with it this It actually hardback. looks really nice. It's sharp. They did it's a great like, job. It's like you can put it on a coffee table. Yes, you know. as long as you read it as well. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, just to flex on everyone, like, I have a prayer life. I pray for my spouse. That's right. That's right. Uh, looks great. Feels great. Uh, Christmas is coming up. If you guys yeah. do gifts or Secret Santa, that's a great one. Thanks, JJ. Okay. Appreciate you. Love you, bro. Thank you, you too. Yeah, absolutely. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we will talk to you soon. See ya. See ya.